What's up, guys? It's Tommy Runs. Another episode coming at you of the Run, Eat, Sleep show. Today, we got a really special guest. Um, He's just special. So I'm not going to spend any more time. Let's just get right into this. Our guest today is a three-time Olympic trials qualifier. Uh, He is a two-hour, 14-minute, and 30... 42 hour, 14 minute, 38 second marathoner. That's like, he'll correct me, I'm sure, but that's like a three, a 506 to 508 pace marathon. He's a one hour, three minute, and 58 second half marathoner. That's like 450 ish or something like that. Um, I probably couldn't run that for um, 100 meters. So, uh, with no further ado, uh, I'd like to welcome Luke Humphrey. Give me one second. Luke Humphrey will be with us today. Uh, give me one second. Request. There we go. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, he's coming in right now, and you know I've I've actually trained and used his program, so I can't wait to do this. Oh, this is awesome. How's it going, Luke? How's it going? So did yeah, I do okay? Right. Did I do okay with the introduction? Yeah, I'm only a legend in my own mind now. Well, okay. Well, maybe. Well, it's two minds think you're a legend, so I guess you're a legend in more than at least one person's mind. So I really do appreciate you coming on the show here. Um, and I just want to, you know, kind of get this thing started, get rolling. Um, if you, I mean, most people in this, you know, running community know you for sure. Uh, but if you could just do like a brief, like introduction of like, you know, um, where you started and, you know, kind of like your evolution in running a little bit, kind of give us a background. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm from Michigan, so I grew up, I grew up on the West side of the state though. Uh, um, actually no, I'm from Sydney, Michigan, which is actually about, 750 people maybe okay uh, okay since you know we're, we're the county just north of grand rapids and so i, I was like you know my wife actually grew up in detroit mm-hmm. and uh you know i'm you know i'm a country boy and and uh I, there's literally like 120,000 people in my whole county right <laughs> right <laughs> so but i grew up you know I, I grew up pretty rural area um and then uh, uh you know i just Pretty much, you know, I was I just started running in middle school a little bit. Um, I actually played baseball for a long time, you know. So my dad's actually six foot eight, so I always ho- was hoping I was going to get okay. his height. But, All right. uh, that didn't work out, so I got my mom's height. And uh, <laughs> but uh, um, so I actually played baseball, but I, I, you know, I was, you know, I didn't really, you know, I just didn't really work out in, in my. Um, my freshman uh, algebra teacher was also the freshman um, football coach, but he was also my middle school track coach. He's just like, Humphrey, you are not playing football. You need <laughs> to go talk to Mr. Noel. So this, that's not it. Yeah, so it was like, you know, I was, I, was, I was gently guided into the right direction, you know, okay. <laughs> but it all worked out. And then, uh, um, you know, I ran at uh, uh, Central Montcalm High School, and then I walk, actually walked on at uh, Central Michigan University. So I had a few, I you know, I ran pretty well. Uh, my cross country, my cross country se- senior of high school was, was really solid. And that kind of got me some, some interest from other schools. You know, I was looking actually back through my binder. I was digging through some stuff the other day and I had all these recruit recruitment letters that I saved. And, uh, um, but, uh, you know, coach Fuller for Central Michigan, just, you know, he was my kind of guy. And so, yeah. I ended up going there and we did, you know, actually we were, we were very, very good when I was there. Uh, we had a great team. 
Uh, we finished as high as ninth in the NCAA uh, in Division One. Um, so we, we were like just a few points behind like Colorado and Arkansas. Okay. You know, all the big the big powerhouses. They're a pretty good country, team, yeah. So. Um, we were pretty pumped and, and, you know, I was like, I was like the fourth guy on that team. So, um, there was some, there was a lot of talent on there. So I actually remember, uh, Tristan Pearlberg who I ran with, he actually outkicked Ryan Hall okay. for one of the last all American spots. And so, um, if you don't know all, uh, Ryan Hall is, he's a 204 marathoner, um, yep. you know, just you know, a little while ago. So and he has but, the, he, and he, Ryan Hall has the American, is that the, he have the American men's record? Yes, okay. and the half and the full. Oh, what was what? What's the half? Half is really fast. It's under sixty minutes. It's like fifty nine and wow. fifty nine and high change, I think. Okay. But that was that was when he was really young, and that was kind of that was like his first big race on the scene. But okay. Okay. Yeah, he's got them. He's got them both. I think. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has even broken sixty minutes for American men. Um, but yeah, then ran ran cross country at Central, and then you know Kevin and Keith are, are Michigan guys as well. And okay. The Hanson Brooks ODP was really pretty new at the time. It only been a few years old, and uh, um, you know Keith, Kevin and Keith talked to me a little bit, and I ended up coming down the summer after uh, I finished up at up at Central Michigan. And then you know back then it was really it was a different system than it is now. It was it, they basically had a A team, B team, and C team, right? And I was kind of on the B. B team, I hadn't run fast enough to get full stipend and all that, so I came in and okay. I finished my master's at OU and, and then, uh, um, but ran 218 my first marathon in Chicago and uh, that was it, that was kind of it from there and then yeah. it was, you know, with Kevin and Keith for the last 15 years, so. Okay, okay, so, yeah, and then Hanson's Brooks ODP, that's Original Distance Project. Mm-hmm. When did, what year did that start off? Did they start 99, it? 1999. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Um, so, so throughout your career, I mean, you know, considering you started off in, um, in, um, uh, in, in, in middle school, uh, where, when did you, what was your favorite distance like to date? Like, is it the, is it the big marathon or are you, are you do you like a 5k or what's your favorite distance? Yeah, I guess it's kind of changed over the years. I still love the mile. There's something the mile. Going. Okay, all right. Um, but I'll, I'll be forty. I'll be forty in April. <laughs> that's that's not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't put yeah. the bikes in years. Yeah. And uh, but I ran uh, I ran four o. Well, I guess it would convert down. I think the, the official time was four o eight. But now, since I was in college, they, they actually convert times down because okay. I was on a 200 meter standard track indoors. So, yeah. you know, it's like okay. they convert that down. So, convert down to like 404, 405 nice. now. But, you know, that would, and I never really trained for a mile, but I loved it for whatever reason. Just, uh, um, that's it, was, not, it was fun. It hurt, but it was only yeah, for a few minutes, it, you know. It and sounds like it sounds like four <laughs> minutes of like torture. That's what it sounds like. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like. So uh, you know, I ran one. I ran one fifteen hundred as a professional. I ran it at U of M, and uh, Coach Warhurst was out there. Kevin Keith were out there screaming stuff, and I was like. I was in uh, kind of the, the next to fastest seat, which was perfect for me because I had no business being in the fast seat. But right, right. I was in the next to, next to the heat to the fastest, and it went out. It was really tactical, and it went out really, really slow. We came through the half in two oh nine, and I was like, I can't do it, so I just took off. Right. <laughs> and Kevin Keith are screaming at me, and Coach Warhurst is like, "He's for real. You better go with him." <laughs> <laughs> and I ran like fifty nine the next lap. I've never, I haven't run fifty nine. <laughs> man that that's just a lot of it yeah but so that was younger i would say the mile but i definitely it has been the marathon over the last probably 
10 to 15 years I loved the marathon but um you know that's even that even that's kind of changing now as I'm getting yeah. older it's like if you can't get faster you just run farther right right so yeah so now, now you'll be at like you'll be at 100 miles soon you know yeah, right. um so like what um how much how many marathon i mean i'm not sure if you know the number but how many marathon num- or marathons have you run i honestly don't know man. Like, people are like how do you not know like I, I, really, I honestly don't know like i'm i'm, I'm, I'm probably, i'd say 20 to 30 20 to 30 just you know yeah. something like that so something like that. when did so when did the i mean because most people you know know you for you know your career obviously but then you know the the biggest thing like especially right now is uh you know the the hansen's marathon method you know what um how did that come about like where, where how did this book happen yeah, I mean, uh, so Ke- I can't thank Kevin Keith enough for that opportunity. So I, I, I did my my uh, undergrad was in exercise science, and I finished up my master's degree at OU in, in uh, exercise science as well. And I was actually working at Beaumont Hospital in cardiology for about five years, okay. and uh, and they were they were very good to me. They they worked around my schedule. Let me let me go to work um, after our morning runs and everything like that. So. They definitely helped me out. But Kevin and Keith, I think, were in a position in their life where their kids were getting older, they were doing more activities, and they're like, hey, you have the science background, you're good with you know, presenting the program, you want to do the clinics, because they always did summer clinics for the Detroit Marathon. So that's kind of how I started. And then Kevin and Keith were like, you know, you're really, and this was before online coaching was really even a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I think like Greg McMillan was probably one of the only right. guys doing it. And, and, uh, they're like, you should really, you know, this is an opportunity. Like, you could make some, you could make a living doing this, right? And so I was like, yeah, you know, you know. I just, so I kept working at the hospital and I kind of dabbled into it. And then, um, you know, I, I had a little office out of the Lake Orient store, and it was kind of like, I was kind of like treading water. I didn't really make a decision with it. And then uh, um, we were actually, I was actually on a plane with Keith, and he got an email from VeloPress out in Colorado. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we're expanding out of the bike industry. We want to get into endurance running. We, hmm. You guys haven't been discussed at all, and yet you've got all the success. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, I I really don't have time to do this. Would you want to take this over? So, I mean, he's like, it's yours if right. you want it. And and so I said, yeah, sure. And so he forwarded me the emails. I got in touch with uh, the editor, uh, Casey Blaine, and, and, you know, we set it up from there. And, I mean, Kevin and Keith were awesome. I mean, like, yeah. They've never asked for a dime for me from royalties or anything from it. They just said, it's your baby. Just, you know, keep us in the loop with what you're doing. Yeah. And so that's, that's and, you know, it was literally just being at the right place at the, at the right time. And then the rest is history. And now we've got, yeah. now we've got thousands and t- on top of thousands of personal, you know, personal best that people have put in, you know, going through the program and, you know, kind of following along and, um, you know, some people find it early in their career or their, you know, running career. And then some people find it later and, and change their whole, you know, view on running. Um, so like what, um, it just, I guess I had this random question, like right before you got on the, on the phone and I'm just, I don't want to butcher this one, but so like in the beginning of this, I mean, we definitely have some questions and if anybody's watching, if you guys have questions that you didn't submit before, please just click the little question button and cause there's a lot of comments going, but if you have a question, throw it in the question spot and then we'll definitely get to those too. But if you could just like, let's just say, there's obviously more, you know, other, you know, paces out there. But let's just say there's three different paces of runners, um, like 11 to like nine minute marathoners, uh, and then maybe eight to seven. Well, you know, pace, 11 to nine minute pace, eight to seven minute pace, and then like six to five. What would be if you could 
go through like each one of those starting with 11 to 9 uh what would be like one of the first things that you would suggest that that this that runner would would do to maybe speed up a bit you know and maybe get a pr in a in a longer distance like a half or a full yeah so for that first group the 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 nine to eleven minute range yep. say um really the biggest thing for that group is just learning to be consistent with it you know and and you know desi has that whole tagline of just keep showing keep up showing up yep. and, and it gets used a lot but it's really it is really true it's just if you, like honestly when I work with those athletes, it's, you know, a lot of times I don't, even, I don't even give them workouts. It's a matter of just, can I get, if I can get them to just run 40 miles a week and do it for 10 to 12 weeks, they're going to be successful. Regardless, that's, okay. That's their first step, right? And then the next group, that's when I really get, introduce them into more the structured training type of thing. Right. Because they've, they've kind of taken that first step and they've got the, the, the foundation built right so like i always use a house analogy right so you can only big a build as big a house as you have a foundation for right and so you have to have that foundation as big as you possibly can yeah and then you and then you add the walls and the roof and all that stuff and that's where that's what i would consider like the structured workouts when we talk talk about speed work and and strength work and tempo runs and all that good stuff that's in that that's really more in that next group because honestly a lot of times in that first group we talked about they're running at a pace where I, I always differentiate between specific endurance and general endurance. And specific, like if I tell you, Tommy, if I go, I want you to go run 10 miles. Mm-hmm. I don't care how fast, just run 10 miles. That's general endurance, right? It doesn't right. matter. Pace is not a mat, right. not an issue in it. But if I go tell you I want you to run 10 miles in under 70 minutes, then we have to. Then we have a lot more we have to worry about, right? We have right. a lot more factors that are that are involved, and that's and that's where we start getting into with that second group, right? Is we start teaching them, here's how the proper workout technique should be, you know, you go on and on. You teach them basically teach them how to run a structured training segment, right? And then the, the the last group you talked about, that's where we start really dialing in details because ideally they've already got the foundation built. We've taught them how to train properly. And then we and then we can get into more detailed stuff. So we really focus more on like mobility work and strength work and and all those little strides, things like that. And just kind of fine tune those things because at that point the details are going to matter more than the workouts themselves because they've already got the workouts right. down, right? Yeah. So it's just and it's one of those things too where like I can get it's not a, it's not uncommon to see somebody come in and say, hey, I run four thirty. And then in six months they run three thirty, mm. but then to go from three thirty to three fifteen yeah, the... is a lot bigger step. And then to go to three fifteen to under three hours yeah. is an even bigger step. And that's like that's where you talk about like those those small percentage of gains. Like it, like take me for instance, I was a two fourteen marathoner in my prime. If I was two percent faster, if I was just two percent faster, I'd be well. One, I'd be a millionaire because I've made a ton of money, but I would have been, you know, I would have been a 209 guy, 208 guy, yeah. you know, and that's, 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 you know, 214 is pretty good, but in the grand scheme of things, even 208 these days don't really, yeah. they don't really get you anything, right? And right. so it's just, it's this matter of like, and that's why you see like the Nike shoes, like you get 1% faster, that takes yeah. you from a four hour marathoner to what, you know, that's, yeah. that's a huge difference. So it yeah. makes even small percentages make a huge difference. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean, because that, that's I'm glad you kind of put it like that, you know, with the foundation, um, and then the rest of like the once you get into the eight to seven minute pace, and then six to five, those are just like the 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 walls and the roof and the fancy things like that uh, throughout mm-hmm. the house. Um, because I get a lot of questions. I mean, I'm not that far into 
running, you know, like, I mean, I just really started in 2018 or so. Um, but I get a lot of questions from people saying like, what should I do? How do I get faster? And I guess like my first thing would be to kind of give them advice that I've been told about, you know, different or work, do a speed day here or whatever, but nothing too crazy. But I like the the fact, you know, if you're, if you're at that 10, 11 minute thing, just be more, just be more consistent, keep showing up. Um, and then just the, the stamina, strength, all that stuff will just be built. And, and the last thing too, with that, with that group too, a lot of times what you'll see is if they're just, if they're just showing up five days a week and they just keep doing that, that, that 11 minute pace comes, comes down to 10 minute pace all by itself you do, from you just being more fit and just being consistent with it and sticking with it. You know, like the first 30 days is probably going to suck, right? Like you get those aches and pains okay. and it's going to, it's <laughs> yeah, going to hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but yeah, once yeah. you get past that, it's not so bad. Right. Yeah. And then it just, you know, you kind of, you kind of ease into it a little bit. So that's the best. If you can just get past that first month, you'll be, It'd be okay. Yeah, I just I was just I just ran with my daughter just a quick mile and um, she didn't like it at all. Um, but <laughs> but the, the thing was I kept I just asked her like you know did you die you know like you didn't die yeah. you know um, would you have died if you kept running no um, and hopefully uh, when, we, when we get back out there two days from now we'll, she'll be uh, she'll be much uh, more willing to get out there. But um, yeah, I like that part about it. I mean so you because you mentioned forty miles and you know to to. A lot of people, you know, that's not much. And but to some people that are that are in that range of like 10, 11 minutes, maybe don't even, you know, they're running 10 to maybe 15 yeah. miles a week. Can you talk to me about like how the proper way, in your opinion, to get from that 10, 15 miles to say 30 something or 40 miles? Like, how do you get up there? Like, do you just go out tomorrow? Like next week, I'm going to do it. This is the month I'm hitting 30 miles a week every every week. Or do you? How do you how do you get there? You know, I, it, it depends on the person if I'm working with them individually. But I'd say in general, you know, it, for one, that that the, what is it the ten percent rule? You can't add ten percent. So if you if you so if you're running ten miles a week, yeah, and you only increase ten percent a week, it's going to take you forever <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to get to tw- even just to get to twenty miles a week. And that's and that's and there's been study after study after study that's shown that that's not it's not a rule at all. Right. Like that's just somebody who, you know, it was a nice number and it It made it sound good. Right. But the the actual facts behind it were not really beneficial to anybody. But so in any case, so like say if you're 10 minutes, 10, 10 miles, (laughs) I'd probably go like 12 to 14, but I'd go, I just stay there for a few weeks. Right. Cause it takes the body four weeks to adapt to something on on average. And, And in our case, if a person's just starting out running, their cardiovascular system is going to adapt pretty quick, but when but you you'll probably see this a lot. You see this a lot with newer runners is they'll, they'll run for a month and they'll be really fast, mm-hmm. but then they'll be like, "Oh, I got shin splints." Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. the problem is you're you got really fit aerobically, but your bones and your tendons take a lot longer to catch up. Okay. And so that's what you'll usually see is they'll they'll feel really good for a month, and then shin splints or something happens right yeah. blow, it's, it's not anything running wise other than a structural issue um so you really want to give your time your body time so that all systems can catch up right and so i'd say you know at least a couple weeks at a level so if you go 10 to be, even, even say 15 miles a week stay there for a few weeks you feel okay then you get up to you know 20 miles a week and you stay there for another another few weeks so say in total you it took you six weeks to get to 20 miles that's usually pretty good. And then from there, you can just, depending on what you're running, if you're going to go up to a marathon, 
we can keep doing that process. If you're going to run a 5K, you can run a good 5K off 20 miles a week. You know, yeah. maybe we only yeah. go up to 25, 30 miles a week. So it changed. But I would tell people, you want to pick one or the other, right? So a lot of times people either go intensity or they go speed or they go volume. You don't want to go both, right? And right. so I always tell people go volume first and then add the speed because it, like we just talked about with that group in the right. 10, 11 minute miles. Yeah. You, the more fit you become, the more, the more naturally those paces are going to come down without you doing anything other than just being consistent right. with running. Right. Okay. And then once you get up to a point where you're 20, 25 miles a week, then let's have a conversation about adding some speed work in or something like that, you know, okay. but, um, but it doesn't have to take, you know, I, to take somebody, it takes somebody, it literally would take somebody like six, six months to get from 10 to 20 miles a week. If yeah. they follow the yeah. 10% rule. And that's this, we, we so, gotta be practical about this too, you know, like, yeah, no. So you, but just give it a few weeks at a level and then, and then bump it up. So like, but then, so it's safe to say like that, you know, maybe that, that more 10 to 15%, that would come in more like, you know, more when you at our, at a higher mileage exactly. per week. Yeah. And exactly. then, so, I mean, if you're at 50, if you're at 50 miles a week, you know, you, you don't right. want, you don't want to jump up to random 60 next week. Right. You if you're to, at 50 miles a week, you go 10%. That's a five mile jump. Right. Yeah, so right. right. That, that makes that's sense. a big difference at that point. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, cool. Cool. So, yeah, cause I had, uh, you know, I, I understood that concept and, you know, when people would ask me, I mean, cause you, you see, you'll see people will go from 10 to, you know, because they're getting closer to where they're, you know, their, their race time, they forgot to yeah. start, you know, when they were supposed to, they'll jump up and then they'll go like, you know, 10 to 15 miles. And then next thing you know, they're at like 35 or 40 because they're trying to like get, get this fitness really quick, you know, in the last few weeks. And that's where like shin splints and like other injuries can come because it's just too much of a jump so fast. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, so I, I guess I, well, I wanted to jump into some questions. I had questions, but some of these ones that people sent me were really good. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read them here. Um, how can I make the most out of base training before entering a, a pace specific plan? Because right now, too, like, I mean, because, you know, with um, and I know who asked this question. And let's just say like um, the, a, April's the, you know, April's the April's the race. Right. Because that's probably when, you know, we'll start seeing maybe some in-person races anyway. Um, yeah. So let's just say like April's the race. And base training would be, in your opinion, how long and then when would you start? And the answer to the question was, how can you make the most of base training? Okay, so the whole schedule, like what, what are they running? Are they training for a marathon or training for um, a... I think, I think he's training for a half. Um, okay. And, I mean, he's pretty quick, though. So, I mean, I think he's, he, he, I think he's actually probably going to be shooting for like 125-ish or something like that okay. at that point or, or somewhere in there. Um, so, I mean, he's, 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 and I think his mileage probably will be, um, I think he's done your plan before twice. Um, and I think, uh, his mileage will be like, you know, 50 to 60 miles a week at one point. Okay. So at that level, I don't think, I really don't think you need a, 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 an actual. Uh-oh. That. So count back from whenever you race. Okay. I'd say I'd say fourteen weeks, and then fill that time between now and when that starts. So say you know whether that be uh, January or so, mid January. So we got about eight to ten weeks. Say um, that's a, and that's a long time. Eight to ten weeks is still a long time too, yeah. right? And so um, if he's going to peak out at fifty, sixty miles a week, I say if you're at like if you can average, you know, about forty miles a week, forty five miles a week. That's good, right? So if you're starting now and you're starting at 30 and then you get up to 40 and then maybe 50, 
then maybe take a little, take like a week or so where it's just down. Mm-hmm. That, you can still run, just cut the miles way back and then start the plan. It was okay. 14 weeks to go. I think that's a really good um, effort. Yeah. And then as far as workouts, like big thing would just be, you know, get a long run in every one to two weeks, um, you know, 25% of your weekly volume. So, uh, you know, at 40 miles, if you're on 40 miles a week, a 10, a 10 mile, 10 to 12 mile long run is plenty. Yeah. Um, especially for a half, it doesn't have to be longer than that at all. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I just do like, especially over the winter in Michigan, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. giving, stru- giving, yeah actual track workouts or anything like that is is a crapshoot so i usually just give a lot of fartlek style workouts so i just say run hard for you know whatever how many ever many many minutes so i'll I'll start it out like speed work so it might be something like eight times a minute hard and with a one minute jog in between something like that and so pace doesn't matter i'm just asking for effort right just run hard and let's pace be what it is because you know if you i'd rather see you stay upright and slip and fall and bust yeah, your exactly, hip or something, exactly, you know, right? Yeah, so yeah. I don't want that. Uh, and then, and then just kind of progress that up, um, up to say, you know, one of my favorites is like a three times, um, three, two, one. So three minutes hard, three minutes easy, two minutes hard, two minutes easy, one minute okay. hard, yep. one minute easy. Repeat that cycle three times. I love that workout. Um, and that's really good for like speed workouts. Cause that's about as long as you want to yep. really go. Okay, and then, good. You know, a lot of times, even like Kevin and Keith, when we would go home for winter break, um, it would just be it would just be stuff like three times ten minutes or three times fifteen minutes, right. at like half effort or something like that. So just you just have to even go that hard. Like three times ten would probably be as far as I would go with that over base training. But it's a good time to just be creative. Have just fun. go by effort and just put the volume in, and then you'll be light years ahead of where he would be if he just ran easy the whole the whole winter. You know. Okay. December and January, right? So yeah, and you said the funny part is you said you 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 like that workout, that three two one thing. I think I've done that uh, with Melissa, um, and <laughs> I didn't like it so much when I did it. So I'm not, maybe, maybe I was doing it wrong. I'm I'm not sure, um, but yeah. So um, yeah, that, that's great advice though, because I mean I'm I'm taking notes as well because you know like it you you have this like you have this feeling like you just want to get out there and you want to treat it you know and you want to go harder a little bit but just kind of just being consistent same thing keep showing up through through base training um and then uh, that that taking like a couple weeks not not off but downtime before you start up i think yeah. that a lot of us um make the mistake in feeling like we're not cuz you can go into a training block especially with a base training you can go into it think feeling like you're you know close to 100% but without that, like that taper ish to start, you you know you don't. Six weeks later, you're in pain, um, and it's just too you know. And you probably should have just taken those couple of weeks off. So I you know I'm I'm definitely gonna switch that up a little bit on my on my end as well. Well, um, the thing too is that you turn what I always tell people is that you turn that. So we just talked about a 14 week training segment, but if we had eight to 10 weeks before that, now we've turned that 14 week segment into a 24 week segment. And that's way, and at that, and especially at that volume, yeah, that's way too long. That's just asking to get overtrained, burnout, tired, sick, hurt, all the above. It's just it usually just doesn't end well for people. Yeah, and then you, or you or you peak at the peak at the wrong time. You know, peak absolutely. like two weeks. Yeah, before you can't peak out in four weeks before, and then he gets to his race and he's fried. You know, yeah. and that's that's not where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then another good, another we have some few good questions here. Um, I'm gonna try to mix it up. Um, okay, so. Ways to ways to improve speed endurance just for like an average, you know, um, like eight minute a mile type runner. 
So I guess I don't speed and endurance or so speed and speed. I get well. I think like speed endurance. Like how how do I you know? Because if, if it's let's just say it's, let's say it's me. Like I I am I'm, I'm pretty good and I can I can keep this this one speed. I feel like I'm you know in the middle of the pack all the time. Um, but I can't like turn it up. You know I can't like turn it up a bit and stay there. You know like how do I get faster? But you know and endure at that speed. Like how can I create that that um, long term endurance? I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, one of the, I guess one of the things I like doing with, with my athletes is I'll do, um, and I'm doing this more like, cause this isn't originally in Kevin and Keith's style, but, um, just something I've picked along the way, like with talking to Ben Rosario and some of those other guys, but, yeah. um, and then actually have, it's really nice too, just having all the guys that we've had on the, that I've been teammates with, with Hanson Brooks and with all the college programs they came from. So like, um, some of the like you know there was a Jason Witt was the guy on our team who was he was teammates with Jared Ward mm-hmm. they had the same coach at BYU at Ice he's just you know he's a legend in, in cross country and, and uh, track um, really solid marathoner as well but anyway um, just taking some of his ideas because a lot of times it's like you look at coaches and a lot of their stuff is pretty similar they just put their own little spin yeah, on it right. I guess yeah um, but I like doing I have gotten to where I like giving you know, just, we talked about that three two one but now let's talk about three two one in terms of miles so it might be three miles at marathon pace two miles at strength and then one mile at um say half marathon pace right. so you go marathon and marathon pace minus 10 seconds and then your actual half marathon pace so you're practicing running harder as you're getting more tired okay. right and so even just doing that even doing that with track workouts too so like if you are doing 12 times 400 maybe you do um uh you know a set of four at 10k pace and then a set of four at 5k pace and then a set of a set of four at 3k pace or something like that so you're always getting faster because you want to train how you want to race right so you don't want to train getting slower right like that doesn't do anybody any good right and so we want to we want to be able to be in that position where Hey, I've been here before. Yes, it sucks, but I know I'm going to be okay, right? Right, right? And so that's that's a big benefit, right? Because if you've all you've done in training is you've say you've done a 10 mile tempo and you've slowed down over the last three miles every time, yeah. What are you going to do in a race? You're right. going to get to that point. You're like, I can't go. I can't do this anymore. So right. you're going to back it off, right? Or you're just going to you're subconsciously just going to slow down. So you don't want to do that. Uh, another thing is that like, and I know Melissa likes this too. This is a, this is a Kevin and Keith. Um, original. We actually got this from Khalid Kanuchi. Uh, he was the American record holder. Super, super awesome guy. He's Moroccan. Got his U.S. citizenship. Way all oh, got a long time ago. But yeah. um, he used to do long run, and then he would. He was like he was kind of the first guy to do this. Do his long run, and then go to the track and do a fast two miles. And I watched this guy. I mean, I was. It was two thousand and four. It was right when I got out of college, but. I remember watching him the Chicago Marathon, and he was neck and neck with this guy, and they were duking it out. And he had 24 miles, and he he dropped. What did he drop? Like 55 the last two miles. I mean, he just it was unreal. But he, and then he, we talked to him. I was like, "Well, how did you?" He's like, "That's what I would do in training. Like, that's all my that's how my long runs would go. Like, you know, the super fast finish on the long runs. So I really like doing that. I wouldn't." suggest going out <laughs> yeah, for 25 yeah. so, days but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know like it, you know just something like that but i i really like this where you where you kind of 
I like, because I, you know, if a person's training for a marathon, especially if they're trying to be competitive in a marathon, I really like doing long runs. And they don't necessarily always have to fast finish, but say you're doing a 16-mile long run, the first eight may, might be fairly comfortable. Right. But that last eight, I want you getting after it, right? I yeah. want at least a moderate pace, work it down to marathon pace yeah. if you can. But I love 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 the hard long run you know and i you know mike morgan who's, who's i've been friends with forever but he used to hate me because when we were younger and we could do it i mean there would be some long runs where we would average like 525s for long runs for 20 milers and it was just it was just it was literally a heavyweight fight it would be just like who's the last man standing here right <laughs> people were so pissed they'd be cursing they'd be right. <laughs> dropping off and then and then what's funny now is that uh as we got older the younger guys started doing that to us, and we were just complaining. The right, whole time. right, right. Like, what? Who do they think they are? Right. <laughs> like, who are these young guys? What are, right. what are they doing? Like, oh yeah, we did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, trust me, I've um, you like you said with Melissa does like said as well, like you know the finish, um, finish the second half faster than the first. I mean, and then that just goes with the whole you know negative split. You know, you try your best to have a negative split race as you know as as as, as well as you can, um, but. Let me get into some other questions because I mean we only got twenty five minutes and I feel like we could you could do this forever. Um, let's let's talk about like strength training. Do you recommend strength training? I think I know the answer. Um, and if so, where in the training session or like where in the training block do you encourage um, strength training? Yeah, you know this is the one area I wish I would have had more guidance on throughout my career. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm definitely not an expert on on strength training. But I, I do believe in it wholeheartedly at this point, especially as I get older, because now strength training is more important to me than doing a second run, right? Just me being able to stay healthy, right. stay structurally sound, all that good stuff. But um, so timing, I'm, I'm still kind of learning the timing and stuff, but like I do, you know, I really, so I'll just give some rec- recommendations to people. So Running Rewired is a great book by uh, Jay Deshari. I think I have Running, run, you said running re- rewired. Yeah, here I got, I got it actually in my bag. So, running rewired by Jay Deshari. Okay, really good book, and it's really good stuff because it's all thing. It's ninety nine percent of his stuff you can do at home. Okay, um, minimal equipment. There's some stuff with heavier lifting that you that you can do, um, but you can do it with kettlebells. And I I have kettlebells and and, and dumbbells at home. I don't yep. I don't use a squat rack at all, but. Um, but there's a but there is a progression, and I think like in my in my instance, when I get people, they want to go. They read they'll read an article in Podium Runner or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, I need to be doing plyometrics." But they haven't. It's the same thing. They haven't had that foundation yet. Yeah. So they haven't done the core. They haven't done the basic body movements. Mm-hmm. Their balance is terrible. They're they're in balance, and they haven't addressed those things first. Mm-hmm. But they want to go right to the highest level, right? So that's the first thing you got to do. You got to address imbalances. Yeah. Make sure your balance is okay. Do the body movement stuff, and then progress into things like hand weights and bands and those things, and then progress into uh, heavier lifting. You know, heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, those types of things. Heavy, heavy Olympic lifts. Yeah. And then, lastly, go into the plyometric stuff. And then, I also think too that plyometric is they they think it's got to be like box jumps and stuff like that, but it can be simple things, guys. It can be like doing it like i always want my athletes to kind of start doing a dynamic warm-up so they yeah. do a dynamic warm just go through movements like swings those types of things do their run warm-up and then i want them to do some drills so it could be like high knees butt kicks uh eight skips uh we used to call them mountain climbers in, in high school 
um, and then sprints, like 50 meter sprints. Those are all plyometrics. Those don't, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, right? You know, right. It, you can find a curb and jump up on a curb right, over and right. over and over again. Like it doesn't have to be anything, anything crazy. He gets the job done. Actually, another guy, Jay Johnson, he works most of the high school kids, but you know, people, million, tons of people watch his videos. He does a lot of like, you know, squat matrixes and lunge matrixes and all those types of things. But that's the same thing. Like find a park bench, do that, you know. Right, uh, right. But that's the progression you really want to follow. And so, um, you know, like my wife's a personal trainer. She really gets people more on their stabilizing muscles yeah. because as runners, our, our big movers, our quadriceps, our hamstrings, those are fine. Like those are pretty defined and developed. But our glutes get weak. And then, you know, yeah. adductors, abductors, those things yeah. get weak. We don't, we don't use them. We go forward. We don't go side to side, right? right? right. So we have to make sure those things are strong. And then we can move on to the onto the other thing. So a lot of times it's 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 really taking those people through six eight weeks of just of just that to start, right. and then we'll see where their segment is. But um, the explosive stuff you can really do if you're doing a dynamic warm up in those drills, do just do those before your before your speed work. Before speed work is perfect because it also serves as kind of a bridge right from going from easy running to really fast running. Right, right. you know we want to we want to kind of have something in there in between so it's not such a jump from you know 10 minute pace to five minute pace or whatever the case is yeah, right so yeah um and then so yeah that, i mean that pretty much answers it too i mean i i um i follow the the workout plan that your wife put together as well and you know i i i, I gotta be honest when i started like she starts you off at week week one day one and then I think I did like day one, two, and three, and then I fell off until like you know day maybe like week four or something like that. And I picked up like right then, and like I realized how easy she starts you off, and you're like, oh, this is stupid and dumb. And then if you just right. skip that whole thing, start at like you know week three or four, you're past like the stabilizer muscles and all that stuff. So um, you know, and and I always say like if you're you know you know you're doing a running workout right if you feel like you look stupid because you probably do. Because they, they, they all look crazy as heck. Um, okay, so back to like training segments. The question is, is 7% improvement too aggressive for one half marathon segment? Uh, it depends on what they're starting at. <laughs> like, so, I, I'm, so I, think the, I think the number, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, if you're still on here, bro. Um, I think it's like 128. And he wants to make a seven seven percent improvement from that point. Um, I don't even know what that turns out to be, but yeah. I think he's looking at like maybe one twenty five, one twenty six, or okay. something like that. One twenty seven to one twenty five is not bad. Yeah, so that's you, not a jump. Okay, so that, that I mean that that could just come from just doing an, yet another training segment and see where you know the growth is. I mean, and then yeah, I got another question after that, but. Um, so basically just continue, just go through this next, next, uh, training segment and you, you'll progress just because of the, the volume. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just, and just going through the cycle again, being healthy, yeah. things going your way in the race, you know, there's a lot of things that could get you to 125. Right. Okay. And then the, the question that came up and was thinking about when I was asking that one, what, um, what's a good way to like to shoot for, I mean, I know what I'm what I'm um, shooting for in my next marathon, but for those like who say like, "Hey, look, you know, I last race I did. I mean, I know I would just kind of, you know, walk, run, and I I didn't give it my all. But so this next time that this next race in April, I'm gonna go all out, and I feel like I should be able to. How do you suggest that people pick like a target time? 
you know, like safely, you know, because you'll have people that will, you know, run something, you know, fairly high and then just feel like, you know, in their heads, like, you know, I can, I can step this up and I'm going <laughs> to run a three, three thirty now. Like, how do you suggest you pick those numbers? Well, I think, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just have a number. Like when I was, when I was, uh, um, in my, in my prime, I guess, you know, I was, I was at 214 and I knew I had trained, I had trained well enough to run 211, um, more than once. And it just didn't work out on race day. I, you know, a couple of times, like New York, New York city marathon in 2009, I think it was, I was 11th. And honestly, like we did our simulator run and I was, I ran, I ran 18 miles at, um, five minute pace, five flat pace. Uh, on the hills and dirt roads and, and you know in Oakland Township mm-hmm. and it was definitely not easy and then I t- came back and ran a 10 mile tempo in 49.30 so I was fit right and, yeah. but it was one of those things where I just got too the, the season got too extended and I just I was burnt I was burnt out by the time I got there but so I, was, I always had that time like I knew I could run two, I always knew I could run 211 even though I hadn't, hadn't yet so you might have a situation like that where I know I can run my training's shown that I can do that. I just, I just, I just haven't done it yet. Right. I haven't, I haven't put it together yet. So, you know, there's, there's that situation. And then like, like whoever, whoever was asking about the half marathon, like just picking kind of like, you know, something in that five to 10% range, you know, that's, that's pretty average for people, um, to be in that kind of range at five to 10% range. But then obviously once he gets to 125 to get to 122, so. You know that's going to take maybe even you know a little bit more fine tuning. Right. Definitely possible. We just got we just got to look at what the what the variables are, um, and then obviously like a race equivalency chart. So if you've run all your other races, your five k's, your ten k's, your half marathons, they all suggest you can run three thirty. Yeah. More than likely, you, you're capable of running three thirty. But if your five k suggests that you can run, you know, three twenty, and your half marathon suggests you can run three forty five. You're probably more like 330 to 335, oh, right. you know, because right. you know we tend to like, you know, if you take a you take a true, you know, slow twitch fiber person, oh. you know, like I, even myself, like my marathon time, and then I look at the, what I should have been able to run for a 5k in a marathon, or I'm sorry, 5k in like a mile and stuff like that. There's no way. Yeah. But you take other people, and you take oh my 5k suggests I can run, you know three hours in the marathon, but they haven't even come close to that. They're, yeah. you know, they're definitely more of a fast twitch type of person. So yeah. you kind of have to know your, your own body too. Like, so like if you're new to running and, but you've always enjoyed things like basketball or, you know, more explosive sports, you gravitate to what you're good at. Right. Yeah. And so you're probably more of a fast twitch person. You're probably going to be faster at five K's and 10 K's than you are at marathons and half marathons. Right. So you can kind of tell, by those things too so some of it's a little bit of guesswork and some of it's a little bit of just doing our best at taking what the data says and giving us at least a baseline to start with you know right okay that makes sense um and so life and i'm trying to get as many questions as i can um so let's just talk about like long run or race day like what do you suggest on, from a fueling standpoint i know we're not on the eat session of this uh of this show but um, it would be great to hear from you on like how how do you f- fuel to stay you know to stay going for either race day or like a really good long run. Yeah, and I think uh, that's key. So first thing I would say is you have to practice it in training. You have to practice it in training all the time, especially even more so for 
if you're if you're a half mar- half marathoner in the 145 to two hours and above, you've got to practice it like you're training for a marathon. If you're a marathoner, you've got to practice it all the time. I know the big thing is the fasted workouts and stuff like that, and there's a place for that. But if you are not very good at fueling, you don't want to practice not fueling, right? You <laughs> want to practice fueling. So yeah. um, that's what's going to help you on on race day, right? So and so practice at the intervals you want to do it at. So I, you know. To be honest, the, the 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 directions on like a goo and stuff like that are pretty good. Every thirty to forty five minutes is a pretty solid, uh, a pretty solid number. Uh, so what I'll tell, you know, take care of. So say race day for example, take care of your race your race morning. So like Detroit's an early start, like a you know what it was a seven thirty start. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you're up early anyway, right? So if you're at four thirty, have a little bit more of a breakfast. Keep the fats down. Just focus on protein and carbohydrate. Yeah. Get that in three hours before you're good and then where people tend to make a mistake though is like an hour before they'll they'll do another shot of carbs and stuff and so what you can actually so if i can make it so if you, here's your blood sugar it goes up 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 and you after you ate say you had a gel mm-hmm. and then it comes down and if this is your baseline of your blood sugar you're actually below what you started at right okay. so you can actually get a little hypoglycemic and then it takes a while to get back up to baseline so you really want to be careful about that. So what I tell my athletes is 10 to 15 minutes before, take that gel. And, that, and then you'll still get that little bit of dip in the blood sugar, but you're exercising. It, it, it just it kind of flattens itself out, right? It just, take, it just takes care of itself. So that's the, that's the next thing. And then, yeah, just get into that range of 30 to 45, every 30 to 45 minutes. And so, like, if you're a, if you're a four-hour marathoner, you know, 30 to 45 grams of carbohydrates per hour is plenty. So that's like a gel and Gatorade a couple at a couple stops during every hour, right? If you can do that every hour, you're going to be pretty good. Cause at that point you're still burning quite a bit of fat as a fuel source. So it's not, you're not going to, you know, you'd run less risk of bonking, but you will bonk if you don't yeah. stay at that 30 to 45 level. Yeah. The faster you are, the more you want to be more like 60 plus. So, you know, if you're a sub three hour marathoner, you want to be at least 60 grams an hour, even up to 90 grams an hour if you can tolerate it, you know. So, um, you know, because you're at a, you know, like, so take, take uh, uh, Kipchoge. So when he ran one, you know, he's a two, he's a two hour marathoner. Um, I think what they say is data. It was insane. So like, uh, I've had my VO2 max tested a lot, but this was in my 20s and my, my, lactate threshold was like 90% of my VO2 max, which is good. It's That's like a, you know, that's about how I was a national caliber athlete. Yeah. His was like 96%. So think about this. So there's not a lot of difference between what that man can run for a mile and what he can run for a marathon. And that's pretty evident, right? Because he's probably, he could probably run just under four in a mile and his marathon pace was what? In the 430s? Yeah, yeah. So there's not a lot of difference there, right? Yeah. So the higher... You, but the, what comes with that, if he's at 96% of his lactate threat, or his, it is of his VO2 max, right. he's burning a lot of carbs, right. a lot of carbs, you know, so he was probably putting in at least 90 grams an hour, you know, so the faster you are, the more you've got to rely on, on the carbohydrates right. for, for your fuel source. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think when I did um, my last two races, I think I was doing uh, every 30 minutes, like for sure. Um, and one of the questions that like that I have personally, like, um, I'm I think I know the answer, but so in the in the free press, um, I, I 
I think um, I forgot what my average was, but I ran a three thirteen, and I everything was great, you know. And I don't even know if I hit a wall, but maybe this is the wall. I just don't, I never knew what it meant. So I got to like twenty three ish, and I felt like a I felt a, like a kind of a cramp coming in my in my like right hamstring or something like that. And I was able, was able to get to like twenty five, and then it really almost like locked up there. Like, how do you, how does, how do you go about not getting cramps? Cause like, I mean, I know that I, I'm not the only one that gets cramps out there. How, what can you do during a, a race like that distance to make sure that you don't cramp up? Because a cramp can just end the whole Yeah, thing. it's over at that point. Yeah. You know, unfortunately like, cramps are really not well understood. I mean, it used to be electrolytes a long time. People thought it was electrolytes. Now, now they're more like it's the central nervous system type of thing. And just the conduction isn't, isn't, um, as great. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, like at that point, that's, that's not really, a, that's not really a wall issue, which is good, right? You, yeah, yeah. Not, if you bonk, so say you're running seven minute miles for the marathon, you bonk, you're gonna be running nine minute miles, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. You just, you, you can't like you're foggy. You can't think yeah. clearly. Okay. That's hitting the wall, right? Like you, you know, you're, you're going all over the road, yeah, you know, okay, that's, okay. you know, if you're, if you're <laughs> right. falling off and you're running like 20 seconds slower, that's more a neuromuscular thing. And that's yeah. more of a strength thing. Yeah. Um, that's just your, that's your, your muscles are structurally breaking down, okay. right? There's something either not firing or it's just breaking down or right. both. Right, right. Um, so that's the, that's the big difference that, that really is improved through strength training and getting, and just getting stronger in general. Cause anybody can do this. Look at your pictures at the 5k of a marathon. You're like, yeah, I feel great. And yeah. then you see them at 30 K and you're like, I hate this. What am I doing? Well, like, am I you here? can tell like, you'll go like, there's so many, so many times I'll see like, even in my own, my own pictures, like if my hips are, my hips are straight, I'm fine, but like I get to 22, 23, like muscles are getting tired. They're, they're, you know, and all of a sudden you're getting hip drop and your form changes. So it, it's definitely oh, yeah. like, it's definitely more of a strength thing at that point. Okay. Um, and that's where strength training, we're going back to your strength training stuff. That's where that's really important. Early on, it might not make much of a difference, but if it can hold you together from yeah. 22, 23 on, that's where you're going to see. Cause all of, all of a sudden, you're not going to lose those three minutes. You're going to keep those three minutes that you put in, that you, that you had in you're on pace for right and then because how many times you get like i've done this like even at boston um in 2006 you know i uh i was running i I mean i hit 22 miles i was i was 458 at 22 miles i I hit 458 but then i was 520s all the rest of the way and it was a pure muscular thing because if i would have bonked it would have been 520 it would have been 620 it would have been 720 you know it would have just completely fallen apart those last four but it was just kind of like fell back to that point and I was able to keep that going in. But, um, so yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot going on there, but yeah, it, the, the strength stuff is really, if you just fall off a little bit more than likely it's a strength thing. Okay. Well, that, that's a good, like a good way to test, like looking back to see whether, no matter what the race distance was, if you, if you are feeling different things, that means something different has happened, you know? So that's, a, we all that's have a, a breaking way. point. It's just yeah. a matter of, of where that is, you know? Okay. And, uh, that's, that's the thing. Okay, cool, cool. Um, it looks like we're coming to an end here, so I'm, I got a couple more questions for you, if you, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. Let's just talk about, like, briefly about. Um, we don't know when this, uh, when the pandemic will, you know, subside or at least let you know us all get back out to racing um, in person more often. Um, like, so how do you feel about virtual races? 
uh, well, so personally, not really a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to race, but uh, from perspective of newer runners, um, I think it's a great opportunity mm-hmm. because I think the biggest hiccup with beginners and you know you know whatever reason they're doing you know the back of the packers the mid packers a lot of times they're not doing it because they want to race they're doing it because they're trying to change their life or what they want to lose weight or whatever the case is and they go to a race and they're intimidated right they don't it's not their world and so i do think on that level i think virtual races are great because it gives them an easy entry into the sport and that's what i want i just want people in the sport right you know um it's like when people complain well there's no races on ESPN. It's like, well, what's our market? You know, who are you, who are we getting as a market? You know, you're not getting anybody, you know? And so the more people you have involved in the sport, the better it is for everybody. Right. right? right. And, 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 you know, then you have elites that are accessible and things like that. And then all of a sudden the sport grows. But anyway, for those, for those folks, I think it's, it's a, it's a great opportunity to get introduced to the sport. They can have some success they can feel good about themselves and then they can take the next steps into getting faster and faster and faster. So on that level, I like it um, yeah. for personally, not so much, not so much. I, I, you know, I, you know, I, I probably won't ever do my, me and my wife, my wife qualified for Boston. Yeah. We set up a course for her to do it. It wasn't, I mean, it, wasn't, it just wasn't this people want to go. Like yeah. I want to go to Boston. I want to be yeah. there. I want to go through Wellesley. I want to go turn the turn left on Boylston here. It's like, you know, this is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life, and it was amazing. You know, yeah. so especially when you're running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. Especially if you're not, if you haven't bonked, you know, just before the turn, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so so uh, you have tons of people that are, you know, are in in Luke Humphrey, you know, training program, um, and, and work with you and all the rest of your coaches. Um, so yeah, you're dealing with a lot of people right now that are doing virtual races and all that. Like, how do you, how do you suggest or how some of your team suggests that people stay motivated during these times where virtual races are the only way that they can really get out there and push themselves, I guess. Yeah. It's and honestly, it's, it's tough, right? So I think, you know, our business is down 40% probably since, since March, you know, it's a big, that's a big hit. It's a big hit to, you know, all our athletes. And then, you know, and obviously you can't expect athletes to stay on when there's nothing to train for. So, you know, you know, a lot of, and I, and I think a lot of those people will come back as soon as races come back. But, yeah. um, you know, I think, uh, what I've done personally is, is, uh, we've just changed distances they train for, you know, like a lot of people were chasing Boston qualifiers. And so 2020 was pretty tough because, if they qualified for Boston, they got canceled, they got postponed yeah. and then they got canceled. And then they were thinking about, well, I got to qualify for the next time. So it was like, we we're going to try to cram in all this stuff. Right. Yeah. And so like, we, we just said like, okay, let's hit this. Let's just hit the stop button. Yeah. Let's just take a step back and let's, what do we want to do? Right. And so some, for some people it was like, I want to run more miles than I've ever run in my life. And some people it was like, I want to do an ultra marathon. And other people it was yeah. like, I want to just do a bunch of miles and see how, how fast I can run a mile. So that's what we did. We just, what's going to be fun. Yeah. What's going to be fun for you. What's going to, what's going to excite you. And, and, uh, that's what we went with for a lot of people, you know? And so, you know, for, so it's pretty interesting because, you know, a virtual marathon, nobody wants to do mm-hmm. Right. But they'll go out and run 50 miles by themselves. No problem. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so yeah. like, that's, you know, so that's really, we've actually sold, you know, throughout, throughout these months that the, the, everything's been shut down. 
we usually sell a ton of marathon plans. We sell, yeah. you know, we sell maybe 1,500 to 1,750 programs a year. The vast majority of marathon programs, we're, we're selling way more ultra marathon oh, plans really? right now than, than anything. Okay. It's people, cause it's, it's just something like, I can just go do that. You know, like yeah. I can go out to Stony and I can go run 50 miles by myself in nature and I don't have to deal with anybody. Yeah. Right. You know, I yeah. can clear my head and I can have a new challenge. Right. And so, you know, and honestly, I think that, you know, that kind of excites me a little bit too for, for a little bit. And then I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not excited about that at all. So. But you know, so it's all just finding like, what, what can we train on? And so, okay. so actually I've got a lot of people who are, um, that's how we bridge the gap for a lot of people. And then, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, we coach a lot of people outside of Michigan. And so my people in Indiana, they're actually pretty wide open. They're actually finding oh, really? races now. Um, Missouri, pretty wide open. They're finding races. Florida's finding races. So we are starting to see some races trickle back in, which is great. Um, and so they're starting to starting to come back in. So um, hopefully, you know, I personally, I would say, no, no big races, right? There, nothing, nothing big is going to go anytime no, soon. No. But the local, local races, small races, they can. They're actually they're they're an advantage right now because yeah. they can space things out better. They can handle protocols better. You got a lot more chance of those races going off than than. And obviously, obviously, like you know, you know, Tokyo's not. There's no major yeah. this spring, which is going to make fall of 2021 very interesting. To see what yeah. happens there, but. Um, yeah, you know, my, nothing, my, nothing big. My fingers, my fingers are absolutely crossed for uh, for Glass City in April in Toledo. I know. So. I'm actually thinking about registering. I better do it because. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think as I think it just opened up. I think the, like the other day. So they did, but um, they've already sold. They, I got another email from them. They said they already sold out or sold. Uh, you know, big percentage of their opening. So okay. I was kind of waiting to see if Bayshore was open opening because yeah. we like going up there for a little yeah, bit of vacation that, too. But I, um, I like Bayshore, but it's at a, it's at a tough time of year too because it could be warm or it can be really yeah. cold still. So, yeah. but I, you know, I run both. The Glass City is a great course too. So, okay, it's good. It's good yeah, time. I'm, uh, fingers crossed for that one. And uh, we're, since we're right here at the end of this, is there? Can you just like leave us with what do you want to leave like your you know all these runners with some information or whatever just like uh, on an ending note how do you want to end this up you know i i grew up just you know just not not really having uh a big belief in myself that i was going to be able to do the things that i've done through through running mm-hmm. and and so um you know i ended up traveling a lot of the world vast majority of the united states through something i love right and so but I would say to, to really everybody's like, you just can't, you can't sell yourself short on anything, right? Like you, I've coached a lot of people who never thought they would run, you know, under a four hour marathon or, or they wanted to run one marathon and that was going to be it, right? That was a bucket list thing. They were going to cross it off and they were going to be done with the sport. Mm-hmm. And that was five years ago. Now they're trying to qualify for Boston or have qualified for Boston. And, you know, I've got athletes who, um, you know, I've got a guy right now in Massachusetts. He's, this is, I've been with him for six years and he's gone through cancer three times. And the only thing that's gotten him through was having a training plan to train through, get through it. You know, he's, you know, it's been, it's amazing. Like, and so people like that, their stories are incredible to me. Like, and I, as a coach now, I live vicariously through other people, like seeing their success, they're seeing other people's success truly makes me happy now because yeah. like, like my chances of running a PR 
are slim to none. But the chance, but it gets me really excited if I we, we can work together and say, look at what you did, you know, and that that's a really big thing. But you know, you can do a lot, and it, it can be an avenue for you know mental well being, physical well being, yeah. just being able to have an excuse to travel. It's an amazing sport. It's a beautiful sport, and it's and it's probably one of the most inclusive sports I've ever I've ever seen in my life. Like yeah. the the friends that I've gained through this, I never thought. Like knowing Meb on a personal level, right, right. What, what, that was not that was not an option, right? And yeah. you know, and 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 all those guys, right? So yeah. it's just you know the people I've been able to meet, and just incredible people too that you would never never expect either. But anyway, it's it's a it's a great sport. You know, it's a lifelong sport, yeah. and it, it can do a lot of things. Like honestly, like I see, like with like the Run Three One Three group, and just the, how that's just blown up over the last yeah. year. It's 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 amazing, right? Like, yeah. and just you just got to give people an opportunity, right, to just do something, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of good things yeah. can happen, right? <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I um, I, I second that. I mean, because you know, I, I know personally, a lot of people have changed their lives with running, and I know that. You know, running has been a huge impact on, on my life and the way that I look at things in general. I mean, because, you know, just like going through training blocks, whether you're fast or slow or whatever, um, it, it'll it'll show a lot of things about yourself. You know, like you learn a lot about oh, yourself absolutely. in the long run. So You learn a lot about your own character when you're put in a tough <laughs> yeah, spot yeah. Where, it's, where if nobody's looking and you can just step yeah, off you the just, Yeah, you can just stop. You can stop at any time, but, you know, just keep yeah. on pushing. Um, I really do appreciate your time. I don't want the Instagram to cut us off on the live, but <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Um, you, and I know that you know there's a bunch of people on here that will second the, my opinion that you are a, a, a legend in this game, and we really appreciate you being here with us. Um, thank you so much for everybody watching, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep show. Run, eat, sleep, repeat. All right. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, man. Have a good one. All right. We'll see you. All right. Bye, guys. See, I told you Luke was great. Um, dude's a legend and obviously knows a lot about running. Um, if you're looking for a coach or looking for uh, a new training segment or block that you need to want to go through a try, I would definitely suggest looking up Luke. Um, he's got a bunch of different training plans that people can follow. You can get a personal coach. You can just pay for a, you know, a little less than that and, and actually have a group type of situation where all the coaches can help you um, or you can just buy uh, I think a training plan and then just follow along and plug your own miles and plug your own speeds in um, either way it goes it's better than doing it by yourself trust me um, hope you enjoyed the episode hope you're having fun running uh, hope you're taking care of yourself have some fun chase those PRs run eat sleep repeat <laughs>